Hello and welcome to the Teenagers in America podcast. Uh, we are back with another episode this week. Uh, I'm your host Aiden, joined by co-hosts uh, Reagan and John, and uh, we are finished or we are uh, continuing in our season uh, talking about the gospel. And uh, today our goal is to talk about sin um, and why it is so significant um, and why uh, how it corresponds with the gospel story and salvation and why we need. Uh, to be saved ultimately as people. And so um, we're really just going to talk about this casually. Uh, sorry, we're not going to mute each other's mics. We're not really going to take this um, very, you know, professionally. It's going to be kind of a normal conversation between us three. Uh, and so the goal really is just to flesh this idea out of sin, why it's important. Um, and I think starting out with this, I will throw my first kind of thoughts out about it. Um, we see very clearly in Scripture uh, the idea of sin. We see God's wrath on those who uh, do rebel against those who sin against him. And we see this in Romans 1.18, for example, where it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And we see the suppression of truth um, daily in our lives. We see people hearing the gospel, people hearing the, the, uh, the story of Christ and his death and his resurrection and people um, rebelling against the truth, people rejecting that and living their own lives for themselves. Uh, and we, but we've been put here on this earth, that scripture is pretty clear about, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And because of our sin, we are separated from God, as Isaiah 59, 2 says, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. And so... Uh, we see that same thing in Romans 3.23, um, where it says, For all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. We see that there is not only a separation between us and God, God the Creator, uh, we see for all of sin and all have fallen short of the glory of God. So not only have we are separated from Him because of sin, but we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We all have sinned, and we all have rebelled against Him. So there's a very you know, distinct uh, problem with us as, as people. We're no longer per perfect like we were in the garden, like Adam and Eve uh, were. And because of their sin, because of their disobedience, we are now a fallen uh, world. And so that is the reason why ultimately we need saved, because we are bad people and we deserve, um, because God is just, we deserve eternal punishment. Uh, we deserve to be punished for our rebellion against him. And that is why the gospel story is so significant. But that's just my first thoughts on sin itself. So Reagan and John, uh, I'd like to hear what you guys think about this. Yeah, go ahead and jump in here. Um, like you said, starting back uh, at the beginning, um, uh, in the Garden of Eden, where we have um, the God's perfect plan um, for just a brief moment, we had exactly what um, he wanted. We had um, a perfect relationship with him. Um, with our surroundings and with each other. Um, and yet humans decided that we wanted to do things our own way, and that's when sin entered the world, and we have this um, genetic um, disease that gets passed on to every generation for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And um, in a time where we're talking about pandemics a lot, sin is the ultimate pandemic that the human race faces and will face forever and um it's a terminal disease so talking about it is really 
it's it's a fundamental piece of when you're looking at the gospel. It's a fundamental piece to understanding and unlocking what the Bible has to say, because as we talked about a bit in our intro, there's kind of three parts we're going to cover for this, and sin is the the root and beginning, um, because otherwise the rest of the Bible doesn't make sense or would be like not necessary. Because so I have I have a verse here, and it's from Matthew nine. Um, it's uh, verses nine. Uh, through 13. I'm going to read 12 and 13, but the context of the beginning verses, and I urge you to read it, um, read uh, this part, but it's talking about Jesus calling the disciple Matthew, um, who was a tax collector, and after calling Matthew, um, they end up, um, says reclining together at the same table. I think some translations have it that they're at Matthew's house, um, perhaps, and the people who are there are um, likely Matthew's friends or people that he works with who are also tax collectors and those the Bible calls sinners. And while he, uh, Jesus is there, he's reclining with the disciples, with those people, and the Pharisees um, come in and ask the disciples why Jesus is doing this. And um, this is Jesus' response. He says, But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I came to not to call the righteous, but sinners. And that talks about, um, like he said, those who aren't sick do not need a physician. So this whole concept of we need a Savior, it's the whole thing the Christian faith is based on, is the saving grace of Christ and God. We wouldn't need that had we not had a problem. And understanding the problem allows us to better understand the solution, which is Christ himself. So that's my kind of first thoughts to kind of lay out my uh, kind of foundation for this discussion. Um, but yeah, go ahead, John. Uh, yeah, I agree uh, with what you guys have been saying and how I think it's important to um, understand not only the beginning of how sin um, came into the world, um, but how it affects like um, every generation. And as Rain was saying, in the beginning, there was uh, a man and a woman uh, living intimate uh, with God so they could uh, talk to him. Um, they lived with him. Everything was as God intended it to be. And uh, sin came into the world in the form of the uh, serpent in the garden, and uh, he deceived um, Adam and Eve, our first uh, mother and father, um, to which every person has come from because they were the first people. Anyway, um, this Bible goes through the progression of the sin and how it affected the world. Um, but nowadays, it's still the same issue. Uh, we still are cursed with this um, unbeatable thing. Uh, not it's beatable with Christ, but it's still there. When we're Christians, we try to and we strive to go away from it, but it never fully goes away because we still have flesh. And when you die, um, you are perfectly uh, complete. But that doesn't happen while you're on earth, so you still have to battle uh, with it. And um, as Aaron and Rain were saying, um, God. Um, can't um for heaven as we look at eternity uh god can't have sin in his presence and a lot of people 
um, don't know it, kind of goes by evangelism there, but um, sin is something that uh, corrupts, and um, if and the only way out of it is through Christ uh, or through Jesus, and if we don't accept Christ into our life or um, give in to or accept or um, what was I going to say? Uh, kind of just give over to Christ, um, then he can never come in. He can never uh, fully do what he needs to do in our life. Um, and it, the verse uh, John 3, 3 through, uh, sorry, John 3, uh, 36, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And that is for people that are non-Christians and Christians, obviously there, but um, the believers and the non-believers. But it's not only on earth, but it's also in heaven and hell because uh, the non-Christians, its eternity is death. Uh, Christians' eternity is heaven and life. And just one more thing to close my uh, first thoughts about this and let in rain go back um, is that um, uh, the Garden of Eden is what heaven's going to be like because that's what he initially intended it to be, right? Uh, us to be able to live fully with Christ without sin, um, just being able to worship him and uh, be full and have the best relationship possible uh, without the sin. But um, because of the fall, like I said, um, it corrupted that opportunity. And what's cool about God is you can't foil him, right? So if even though the serpent tried to kind of like uh, put us into a bad spot, God's not going to stop his full story. He's still going to bring things back around as he does throughout the entire Bible. And he uh, still wants a perfect world. And in the end times, that's what he's going to get because he can't foil what God wants. One thing that I think we need to uh, bring into this conversation is like... Uh, talking about kind of how we have both here. We have, because um, I think a lot of times what kind of catches people off is um, talking about uh, God's wrath and the, the, the actual, the, the, real, the real nature of sin. And um, I think one thing we have to talk about is we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, but uh, kind of talking about we have sin of humans, but to contrast that, the only way we can know the true sin that we have and be able to see something wrong and be able to desire kind of that change, which is the gospel message that we have something wrong, we need change, would be to look at the holiness of God. And we see throughout the Bible that Christ or that God is so holy that we can't interact with him anymore the way we could in Eden because we have fallen from that perfect state by accepting um, the serpent's um, message to us, which is Satan, uh, that we could be like God by eating that fruit. And um, so God is so holy, we can no longer interact with him the way we could because we are so tainted by sin. And there are some accounts throughout the Bible, um, I think a couple of them are with Moses. Um, he interacts with God on Mount Sinai um, when he receives the stone tablets. Um, with the Ten Commandments, 
and I think there's a part there. I don't know the exact verse, and I was trying to find it before. Um, so I'm not. This is not quoting it at all. And please go try and find the verse for yourself. But he taught he he uh, Moses asks God to reveal Himself to him, but God says God says that He will because He kind of shows mercy to Moses and allows him to do this. But He said every time that God passes by him, He has to cover him with His hand. With God covers him so that He doesn't see him fully because that would cause him um, to immediately instant instantly um, be killed because we've never ever seen perfection there's nothing perfect on the earth because of sin entering the world so we never get to see that um, perfection until we enter heaven if you're a Christian Uh, and so that's something we need to understand the holiness of God his perfection um, his justice um, his love and his wrath we need to understand both sides so that we can accurately um, give you this message so what do you guys think um, what are your guys' kind of thoughts on that and anything you want to add? Yeah, and I, I actually, I like how you presented that. Um, so a few things, just to touch and continue talking about what you were talking about with holiness. Um, I think, actually, I found a website, or I found a article that talked about um, the root word for holy. And, and uh, But in Scripture, we see this idea, of the, or the, the word holy means apartness, separate. Uh, set apartness, um, and then sacredness. And then you go from there, but we see that because God is totally above his creation and his creatures, uh, including us, that that's what it's referring to, that idea, that um, uh, God is totally um, separate and sacred and transcendent and, uh, and set apart from every created thing uh, on this earth that he created. So that's kind of what the article touched on, and that's quoting some of it. Um, because it talked about uh, the the different Greek words or Hebrew words, sorry, um, that um, meaning holy. So you see these ideas. You see the, how amazing and how much greater God is than His creation, um, and that allows us also to see the idea of sin. See that He is so great and we are so bad. And I and, and the, the problem, and I understand the problem is. No one wants to be told that they're, you know, a bad person. That's the biggest problem with understanding Christ, understanding the gospel, is that no one thinks they're bad people. And even if they do, it doesn't matter. You know, no one, because of sin, a gravity of sin, because how we are as as, uh, as people, you know, even if we are bad people, who cares? You know, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and there's the, that's the whole idea um of sin and the reality is is sin is it has such a it's so watered down in our culture today um especially in the christian community where the gospel when it's presented when we talk about christ's death and his burial and resurrection we talk about repentance which we will talk about later because repentance and and the death and resurrection of christ are very key in the gospel so that will come later in the later episodes but like as i said uh, earlier right now we're just discussing the idea of sin but when you, when, like I said, when you look at the the you know uh, churches worldwide, you see how the gospel is being presented. And it's not this way in every church, but there are a lot of churches, a lot of movies, a lot of um, you know people that present the gospel where it's just accept Jesus into your heart, you know, and you'll be saved, or it'll be, you know, pray this prayer and you'll be saved, or you know, turn from your sin. But the the, the significance of sin isn't brought up. It's not really brought up about 
we are terrible people. We have rebelled against God. That's the problem. You know, we are we. And if you if you look at the law that God has given us in Scripture, it is there to show us our sin, to, to show us our imperfection, to show us that we by no means are near perfection whatsoever. We sin consistently all the time against God, and that's the problem. But when the gospel is presented nowadays, because we don't want to offend people, we don't talk about sin. Or and if we do, we barely touch upon it, because we we want make, we want to make people feel good. And Especially we don't want to make God culture, look bad. Yeah. Um, hmm? yeah, like especially in this culture, like you were saying, we have a lot of the message is preached of tolerance and um, right. making making yourself feel good, making others feel good, even though what they're doing could be warped, like yeah, very warped. And it's it's sad to see because you see the 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 uh, inconsistency that we as believers can show sometimes to where, you know, we, we talk about sin, we talk about, uh, if you claim Christianity, you claim to understand that you know that you need saved, that you that the whole point was that I'm a sinner and I'm saved by the grace of God. But if you don't even, if you cannot present the gospel, if you do not present the gospel, where sin is of importance in that to the point to where, look, this is why you need saving, then there's an automatic red flags, you know, like, mm-hmm. so if you don't even understand, if you can't present the gospel clearly and the biblical gospel that we see, then are you yourself really saved? You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like yeah. the problem, you know, and there's this inconsistency in that. But the reality is we have the opportunity as people. We know the truth and we, we have it, you know, so even though we see people professing to be believers doing that, we can change that and, and do exactly what scripture says, you know, and make that clear in the gospel presentation which is what we're trying to do right for you guys and christianity is definitely like especially it's not about um just everything's fine like you're fine but you could be better and then you could get heaven it's not about that it's you're we are broken we have sinned against god we've rebelled against the only good thing in the universe and that is a problem and then there's the story of how that's that what we did was bad but there is a solution that is good and better and by telling people that they're okay where they are you're just okay where you are but christ is going to help you get better or you you have to explain what's wrong because that's the truly loving thing to do like we see the disconnect between the the connection of of love love and truth or the truth and love you have to have both in equal parts because without one, you can't. Then the other doesn't make sense. Right, which is what we talked about before about um, the idea of you know you you it's it's loving to tell people that they are sinners because that's the, that you're not if you're not being loving if you tell them that they're good people and that they just need to accept Jesus and all this because that's not and ultimately the idea of accepting him into your heart isn't even technically the biblical presentation that we see. So it's it's a watered down version. Um, of the gospel, which is what we'll touch on later with when we talk about common problems with the the presentation of the gospel. But you, it's more love. It is completely more loving to tell people that they are sinners, and that's the problem, rather than saying that they're good people. Because if they're good people, and it, and as my one of my favorite quotes from my favorite artist, he said, "God only helps those who can't help themselves. So if they can help themselves, if they're good people, then they don't need saving." And then the whole point of Jesus dying on the cross is worthless. It didn't doesn't even need to be done. It didn't need to be done. Right. You know. So so John, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh yeah. Um 
the point of uh, good people and because uh, if um, you preach that uh, that there's good people and that's something that I hear a bunch like they're good people or and it's just when you think about it no one's really good people because what does good people even mean because I mean like does good people mean that um that they don't make any mistakes or that they're morally right um but because there's not there's nothing really morally right about a non-believer right they don't know the difference between wrong and right even us as christians are the only people that know right from wrong so the whole term good people doesn't fully make sense because um good people are make bad decisions all the time right they don't they don't do the right thing and yet we still call them good people but if you're giving saying good people it's almost like giving them an out that they don't need christ they could just keep going on what they're doing because they're good people and good people doesn't equal christian right there's a difference between them and there's that difference one has christ one doesn't one's living by the world standards but gives money to charity the christians understand the heart behind it and i just feel like you can't say someone's good unless they're a christian well i think even going in through that that point christians aren't even good people like i would i don't right. think any yeah. of us could go to the length to say that one of us is a good person yeah because yeah we all get caught in sin every single day yeah the only difference between us and everyone else is the fact that we've been forgiven that's right. the only thing, you know, and we and Christ's righteousness has been accounted to us, but we are still, and I think one of you said this earlier, and it's completely true, that we are still in our flesh, the bodies, we are still sinners. Mm -hmm. The only difference is, like I said, is we've been forgiven Christ's righteousness has been accounted to us, but by no means are we any better than anyone else, right. you know, that we, now because we've been saved that we're somehow on another level of everyone else, you know, we're elevated higher because we're not. If anything, we have a more responsibility uh, because we now understand the truth, and so sinning is more significant for us right. that, okay, we know the truth, and if we can sin, you continue to sin, then um, we either repent or we don't. And if we don't, there is no hope for us, you know? Yeah. So there's a, there's a huge gravity to that even more when, when, as we do, we know more about the truth and right and wrong, even to a higher, um, more more sharpened view yeah. yeah so if we still end up yeah. choosing to sin as we all do um it c can be counted as worse if we are not quick to repent from sin like that yeah the bible says that um because as christians we have a, as i was saying we're ha held to a higher standard because we know the difference between right and wrong uh but also the bible says um isn't it woe to you if uh you know the right thing but do the opposite um uh, the god God will forgive you for your sins, but he still doesn't, even if you're a Christian, he still can't live in uh, in the count of sin. So you need to repent to that so that you can grow close to God again. You can't, you can't just keep sinning. Yeah, I think there's like two messages like that as a Christian, you, like to a Christian, like what we're trying to say to a Christian is we have to share both sides of this story, the truth and the love part. And then to a non-believer, what we would try to communicate to you is that you have a problem, just as we do, 
but we know a God that has a solution. That's the message. And while there is wrath, there is wrath. We must discuss that as we are now. There is a, even through that wrath, there's a message of hope. Even through that sin, truth, the truth of sin, there is a, because it makes, it makes the hope even greater than if we had no problem anyways, right? It's the, you don't want to go, as Ram was saying, when we're, because this podcast is for believers and non-believers. If you're listening as like a non-believer, um, it should, this message should not, because we want to give truth and love at the same time. We don't want to just force wrath. We also don't want to shy away from it and give a watered down kind of example of the gospel. So it's important that we share both. And I hope it's coming across to you as that. And not that we're angry or or we're just telling you all the areas that what what lies ahead is terrible. It is, but uh, we also want to show you that there's a way out of it uh, that you can have. And I, I think that and um, something I was going to say is that uh, what makes the gospel story so amazing and, and significant is that it's not your average story of you know a hero where, for example, like with all the superhero movies, you see that the superheroes are fighting against evil um, in order to save the people that are that don't deserve um, to be killed or to be, yes. you know, basically, you know, like I said, basically killed by the enemy. You know, because the, the whole idea of, in most superhero movies are the enemies trying to dominate the world. You know, some villain and going to take over and kill everyone or um, bring them into bondage or something. And that's the idea of... Most hero movies you see, for example, that these guys are, you know, they're trying to save the good people from the bad people. But the reality is that what makes the gospel so significant is it's the opposite. Jesus lived the perfect life. He died to save people that do not deserve it, that deserve punishment. Right. And that's what's so important about it. And what makes it so amazing is we had, and I, I literally I had to write a paper uh, for my final paper for my uh, history class on uh, Christ's how he fulfills the heroic or how he did fulfill the heroic quest and how he himself resembles a hero. And as believers, um, you know, we see that as Jesus died for the sins of his people, not because we are so great that we deserve it, but because we do, we don't deserve it. And that's what makes him such a hero ultimately for us, because we see that we see that we're so undeserving of, of such love and mercy and grace that has been bestowed upon us. But it shows how amazing God is ultimately that he and how gracious that gracious he is and merciful because uh, without that we would be uh, ultimately continue living in our sin continuing to do what we want live our own lives how we want and then dying and being eternally punished in hell forever um, and that's and we have that hope now and so um just you guys have any more thoughts on this before I wrap this up? Yeah, I just wanted to jump in right quick on that analogy you made of the, the superhero. Um, I think it's so perfect because it's... When's the last time you've watched a superhero movie in which the superhero willingly lets the villain kill him flagrantly? Uh, and then it's just so that that superhero could communicate a message of hope to the villain. I mean, you've never seen that movie because that's not that that's that's crazy but that's how amazing the love of god in christ is and that's kind of a i guess a sneak peek of what we're going to be talking about in the the future episodes so yeah that's my uh, final kind of 
thoughts on it. Yeah, I like that. So, John, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I'm good. All right. So, yeah, and just wrapping us up here, I think this is a really good discussion. And like I said, we will bring up, we will be talking or talking about other topics, other really important, significant topics um, about, you know, repentance, uh, which will come, I believe, hopefully next episode. And then um, the death and burial and resurrection and that's the significance of that in and of itself. Um, so continue listening and tuning into these because this will be an interesting journey for us, even as young believers um, proclaiming Christianity, knowing what the gospel is, but also diving into it and learning more and more as we do so, as we study for this. So I um, hope you guys enjoyed this and, and liked it. Um, and I hope that uh, for any of you unbelievers that hear this, if you ever listen again, um, just understand that that we do pray for each and every one of you, those who may listen to this and are saved, those who may, uh, who are not. Um, we do pray for every single one of you that if you are not saved, that you would repent, turn from your sin, ultimately, uh, and that you would put your faith and trust in Christ and what he did on the cross, that he died, that he um, was buried, that he rose again on the third day, and he is now seated at the right hand of God the Father, and one day he is coming back. And that is our hope, ultimately, as believers, and that is that, that should be everyone's hope, but ultimately it's, it's not. And uh, um, so... Um, that, but that is truly our hope as believers that he did die, that he is coming back. And so I would urge you to repent, to turn from your sin and to, like I said, put your faith and trust in Christ because, uh, that is a very shortened version of the gospel. But, um, as, as our goal with this, we will continue to go deeper and deeper into it and give you guys a, hopefully a clear understanding of this and even for ourselves as well. So, um, like I said, yeah, look out for future episodes and, and let's pray real quick. Uh, so pray with me real quick. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you thanking you for this day. Thank you for all you've done for us, Lord, and given us. Um, thank you for allowing us to, uh, hopefully all of us that are, uh, for us three and anyone else who's listening, that um, depending on the situation they're in, that we finish school. Thank you for that, Lord. If not, I pray that you would help us to continue to, uh, to do well succeed. I know that coronavirus has um, shut down schools and there may be, you know, deciding what they're going to do for the next year and all this stuff. And I pray that you would help, Lord, to bless the situation, keep all those who are sick, uh, that you would save them, uh, Lord, ultimately, that you would, uh, Lord, help them to see their sin and uh, that they would repent and turn to you, Lord. And I pray that uh, upon that you would heal them, um, if it be your will, and that you would uh, keep all of us safe and healthy, Lord. And um, I pray that you would just bless all of us. I pray that you bless every single listener that, that hears this, this message that we're giving, that we're walking through, Lord, I pray that you would bless their lives, Lord, um, and allow them to continue to uh, uh, be safe. And uh, I pray that you would allow them to hear this, and Lord, if they are not saved, that you would uh, once again save them, Lord. And um, I just pray that you would use us as light in the darkness, Lord. Um, and I pray that we would never uh, be concerned about the views or the um, amount of popularity we have in doing so, Lord, that we would always be concerned about the truth and you ultimately, and that we're teaching, uh, or not teaching, but um, presenting the truth. And uh, I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed this once again, and we will see you next week. Bye.